Blog Talk Radio. services, and the men and women of the first line, the doctors, the nurses, 
and the CNAs and all the personnel at the hospital who are fighting to keep everybody alive during this pandemic. Uh, for them, we, we send out our greatest appreciation, and we appreciate everything they do. Um, tonight, we're uh, missing one of our staff members, uh, uh, Bob Bob G., who is, uh, everyone knows, is a uh, MMA fighter. Uh, Bob, is uh, his wife is transitioning from uh, uh, Walter Reed Hospital to uh, Camp Pendleton uh, uh, in California. Uh, she is a... Uh, She's actually a, somebody that we admire very much. Uh, not only is she a physician, she's a Navy physician, but she was part of uh, the team that brought down uh, uh, Kamini, um, SEAL Team 6. Uh, so you know that uh, she's also an MMA uh, participant, and uh, I would uh, definitely would not want to mix, miss with her. So um, I want to say uh, a great evening to uh, a guy who has uh, gone through hell this last year and finally is getting straightened out by the hospital of the University of Pennsylvania. Um, he sounds great. Um, we'll see how he goes tomorrow. Chris, how you doing tonight? Oh, he's, yeah. <laughs> Ty, how you doing? I'm doing quite well. How are you doing, sir? Doing, doing great. Ty, um, before we go any further, let's uh, let's go ahead and plug your uh, your new film. Well, it's not out. We're still working on it, so there's not too much to, okay. too much I want to say about it yet because it is a pretty sensitive subject. Um, Good. But uh, yeah, we're in the midst of, of, of filming it and shooting it right now. Good. Good. Well. Uh, let me ask you something. Ryan Garcia looks like he's got a uh, big fight coming against Luke Campbell. What, what's your thoughts? I'm really interested in seeing that fight. Um, it would obviously, uh, at this point in Ryan Garcia's young career, be the best opponent he's faced. Um, that mm-hmm. actually just went to purse bid because uh, they weren't able to negotiate a contract. Eddie Hearn had said that the negotiations were quite difficult. So uh, hopefully it'll be sorted out in purse bid and we'll get that fight. But um, this will truly give us a gauge on where Ryan Garcia is at at this point in time in his career. Again, he's only 21. Um, when we look at young guys who achieved at a at a young age, you know, in my you know recent memory, I think of Canelo Alvarez, who at 20, mm-hmm. 21, I think at 20, 20 or 21, he had fought Floyd Mayweather. Um, he mm-hmm. lost, but you see how much he learned from that. So. As long as Ryan Garcia doesn't take a beating, it's not win or lose. It's win or learn in this fight because uh, Campbell, even though he doesn't have a major name in the States, he's a very mm-hmm. quality operator. A lot of people figured the fight with he and Lomachenko could have gone either way. I believe Zito thought Campbell edged the fight. I thought the fight could have been a draw. Campbell was right there tooth and nail, and he's only outside mm-hmm. of that lost to uh, Linares. So, um, this could be a mm-hmm. very interesting fight. Wouldn't be surprised if Campbell won, but if Ryan Garcia is the talent and you know the, the prospect everyone thinks he is, uh, and if he yeah. were to beat Campbell, that'd be a tremendous statement. Yeah, there's there's been an awful lot of uh, pro- press on uh, Ryan Garcia and excuse me his um, his career so far, um, especially in the last uh, three or four months. He's uh, He's really raised in popularity uh, on all the uh, rags, uh, boxing news, fight words, uh, fight news, uh, um, and all the uh, other uh, 
outlets, um, they seem to really like him, uh, both as a fighter and as a person. Um, the uh, yeah, I, yeah. Speaking of which, I just saw uh, a uh, blurb about our friend uh, Ray Robinson. And, oh uh, yeah, he, he's been in the news a, a lot lately. Actually, his, his yeah. name has been in the news a lot lately. Yeah, now there's a big controversy about uh, why a certain uh, fighter won't fight him because he's, he's afraid of him. I did not well, know. Go ahead. No, go ahead, please. Go ahead. That's all right. No, go well, I was going to. No, I was going to say. You know what? What it is is is. Terrence Crawford's an undefeated pro, but you know one of the biggest issues that people tend to have with Terrence Crawford, not as a person at all, but as a fighter is that for all his prodigious talent, he hasn't really fought an elite opponent. He's fought some very good right. opponents, but he hasn't fought with, with the general consensus would consider an elite opponent. Um, as much as I love Ray, uh, at this stage in his career, Ray is considered a very good fighter, but he also would be an elite opponent for Terrence Crawford. However, the fact of the matter is Terrence Crawford's an undefeated professional. The last person to defeat Terrence Crawford in the boxing ring was Ray Robinson. And That's so with right, that it? said, yeah, with that said, you know, Ray Robinson kind of yeah. looks at himself as like a Vernon Forrest to Terrence sure. Crawford's Shane Mosley. You know, Shane Mosley right. was a dominant, you know, welterweight had was undefeated, had just defeated Oscar De La Hoya, was, you know, expected to have this long, tremendous reign. And uh, he fought a guy who beat him in the amateurs, Vernon Forrest, who wasn't as popular at the time. And, uh, you know, Forrest went ahead and beat him. So, uh, yeah. so you know, that's, that's basically um, Robinson's, you know, it's basically his bargaining chip to, to try to get this fight. Now, Crawford sure. um, is saying, well, you know, the fact of the matter is, you know, Ray Robinson is a pretty good fighter, but he has three losses. And it's not widely known. If I beat Ray Robinson, everybody will still be saying I fought no one. But the fact mm-hmm. of the matter is there really isn't necessarily a better fight out there for Terrence right now. Um, right. You know, it, it would not going to get – it doesn't really look like the Pacquiao fight will come off. If it did come off when yeah. they both were with top rank, I really doubt seriously it'll come off now. Um, yeah. But you never know. Pacquiao's a gun. It's something he could demand. But – with him being over at PBC, before I could see Heyman allowing him to cross the street to fight Crawford, you'd have to fight the winner of Errol Spence, Danny Garcia, or Sean Porter, or one of those guys. That's the Rodonis. Sure. So the fact of the matter is, is that Ray Robinson right now is as good a proposition um, outside of maybe Kel Brook that Terrence Crawford mm-hmm. could choose. So the fight I like to see. Why not? I like to my guy Ray get a good payday and, and, and you know tremendous opportunity sure. to upset the apple. He part. deserves it. Yeah, yeah you know yeah. we talked to him uh, what two weeks ago, Chris. Are you there, Chris? Yeah, I think he must have. He may have hung his phone up by mistake. I'll uh, <laughs> I'll get him back on the line. Uh, but you know, um, the thing about uh, regardless of of. You know, Terrence Crawford being considered a top two or three pound for pound guy, and Ray mm-hmm. Robinson considered to be a fringe contender, regardless of all that. When you have two world class fighters, you know, a lot of times it comes down to styles. The styles make fights. And Ray Robinson's mm-hmm. a tall, range southpaw. Um, right. So, you know, he just may have the recipe to beat Terrence Crawford, but we'll never know if that doesn't happen in the ring. Mm hmm. We know we talked to uh, we talked to Ray um, 
I want to say it's three weeks. Yeah, it is three weeks ago. I'm just looking back at my notes. And um, he was uh, <laughs> he was more than uh, vociferous about this thing. Oh. And uh, he, uh, you know, we and we went back to, you know, we've been following Ray since he was with the Tiberies back in Wilmington. Um, right, right. And that's, uh, that's many years ago. And then up to the time he was going to have the biggest fight in his life, uh, at the casino uh, oh, in car accident. Yeah. Then he had the car accident. Then he was off for a year, and uh, now he's back. Now his last three outings were were um, not. Yeah, they they were good good outings, uh, but uh, he got two draws I'm and a, a loss. Well, I'm gonna tell you, you know, okay. So the loss happened first, and that was to Ordinus Ugas, right. who's proven to right. be one of the best welterweight fighters. I thought mm-hmm. he beat Sean Porter. Um, right. And and you know Errol Spence just beat Sean Porter, but I thought Ugas beat Sean Porter. So the fact of the matter is, Ugas at welterweight is is one of the top fighters. He fights on that mm-hmm. level. So that's who mm-hmm. that's who Ray lost to, and then he went mm-hmm. and and had a draw with the guy, and I can't pronounce his last name, Cavascoulis or whatever that Terrence Crawford just fought. Ray right. Ray had a draw with him, and most people thought Ray won that fight. Then Ray went and fought the, the undefeated British prospect Josh Kelly and had another draw in a lot of, in mm-hmm. a fight a lot of people thought Ray won. Both of those guys yeah. were undefeated. Ray took their undefeated record. Ray is the one who put blemishes right. on these two guys' undefeated record. So even right. though he didn't get the decision, he has fought very well his last two fights against mm-hmm. guys that are expected to challenge for titles. Ray fought mm-hmm. on even if not advantageous terms against these guys. So mm-hmm. even though the the last three says one and three, it's a little deceiving. When you look at the context of what happened, um, mm-hmm. you know, when he fought Ugas, he had been off for like a year too. So sure. he fights Ugas, he doesn't have a great result there. But then once mm-hmm. he starts coming back and fighting regularly, he's fighting these, these so-called elite prospects tooth and nail on even terms, if not advantageous terms. So um, the results don't look spectacular, but the action in the ring has shown that he can fight at this level. And again, mm-hmm. you say his style is not kryptonite to a Terrence Crawford. Just so, so everybody knows, we, we're joined by uh, another one of our, our great staff members, uh, Zito. How are you doing tonight? Oh, thank you very much for having me. I'm glad to uh, actually come on. I want to say hi to my beloved brother, and I want to say my hi to my God. beloved family member, um, Butch. I mean, I love y'all, and I miss y'all. But my God, it, uh, so good to hear you, bro. Oh, yeah. man, so good to yeah. be here and, and and just be with y'all. I mean, this is, uh, yeah. like, really my love this God. part of the week. <laughs> But I heard what uh, my brother was talking about with Crawford and Ray. And yeah. I remember talking to Ray two weeks ago about right. the same thing. And, mm-hmm. I mean, you, when you talk about matching up fights with Crawford, um, right. Bob Arum's running out of space. You want me to be totally honest? Bob Arum's running exactly. out of space. So when you, when you go into this, he's not welterweight heavy. Um who does Bob Arum really have that welterweight to where he can't sign Ray, the new Ray, the last man to give Terrence Crawford his L? 
I mean, that's literally right right about now. I mean, within the next two fights, that could really happen. That could really happen. Uh, and just because, I mean, where's the matchups at? Where's the matchups at? Once you start getting into welterweight, you're dealing with Al Heyman. You're dealing with Al Smith. Yeah. You're dealing with Sean Porter. You're dealing with Keith Thurman. You're dealing with Manny Pacquiao, who's Crawford is really kind of seeking for. So even if he's seeking for that, he, he has to deal with that cross-promotion, which leads me to believe that that's not going to happen anytime soon, especially the Crawford's talking about uh, he, he wants uh, Al Spence. That cross-promotion is going to be a problem, so we're going to have to look at the promotion that Bob Arum is able to put on, and now that boxing's coming back, you have to put something on for your star guy. Sure. Well, here's the other problem too that 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 Terrence Crawford kind of presents, and which makes Ray a kind of viable opponent. The other problem exactly. is we're in the middle of a, we're in the middle of a pandemic. We're in the middle of COVID, and mm-hmm. you know they're trying to work on getting that Vasily Lomachenko, Teofimo Lopez fight. You know, saying Lopez, you know, he wants a little bit more than what Bob Arum was offering, and, and Lomachenko has actually. Uh, come down a little bit on his price to get the fight made. Well, here's the thing, right? So, Terrence Crawford, like Lomachenko, these guys have minimum. These guys have minimum contract. Yeah. Um, and the fact of the matter is that Terrence Crawford has, has stated that he is not willing to fight below his minimum. And that is nothing wrong. That is every right to do that. The fact of the matter is is because we're in the middle of a pandemic, you're not going to get a live date. Well, if you're going to fight at your minimum, if you're not going to fight any lower than your minimum, then there's not going to be enough money in the promotion to secure an Errol Spence, even if you could have that cost to step off. So the fact of the matter is, is even if top rank had another Terrence Crawford caliber opponent, unless they both went under their minimal contract, you know, they wouldn't be able to make the fight anyway. So, with that being said, he wouldn't be able to secure a top-flight opponent right now in this economic you know, situation regarding boxing. So, really, again, it's, you know, it's, it's common knowledge, common knowledge all year that his only options really right now would be would be a Kel Brook who has a fall at 147, but he says he can make it, or right now a Ray Robinson. Those are two lead options. The fact of the matter is, is I don't know financially if you can work it out with Kel Brook unless you go fight in England. You know what I mean? Because the fact of the matter is, Kel Brook may want a little more than the promotion can do right now. Specifically, Kel Brook has a name, but not something that's going to draw the state side revenue paper revenue in. So that mm-hmm. really only may make money in England, but even without the crowd, you know. So Ray, that's what, another thing that makes Ray so viable because right. the fact that Terrence Crawford will not decide off his minimum. The other thing is, you guys remember, Crawford was going to fight, um, and, and, you know, he's got the quality operator, but the fact of the matter is Crawford was scheduled to fight Louis Colazzo before he fought a <laughs> So I think Ray, yeah. I think Ray is a very viable Opponent. The only fact of the matter is Ray is coming off draws supposed to a win. But since when did that matter? Right? The two guys in the ring. The storyline is the last one to get his loss. And it's a fight that he made. He put it on TV. Yes, yes. Yeah. 
Well, you know, Z, earlier you had said something about uh, Leo Santa Cruz versus Tank Davis. And today uh, he announced that uh, he will take less money um, to fight uh, Davis. He wants it. Um, And uh, there's been a lot of trash talk between the two of them. Yeah. Well, 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 as I I said before, Tank is a little heavier than Santa Cruz, naturally, just because Santa Cruz, he's coming from 126. Uh, I mean, even below, I don't know. I just remember him having titles and, like, having a good reign at 126. He moves up to 130. Santa Cruz, I believe, is actually coming up from 118. And I I remember, I thought he did come from lower. So that's why I I remember him establishing at 126. who's significantly younger, started at 130. And had trouble exactly. making 130, and then went to 135 too. So, yeah, exactly. Tank is naturally bigger. This fight is happening at 130, if I'm correct, right? Yeah. Yes. It's happening at 130. Okay. So here's my thing. Tank is going to be heavy from 130. Santa Cruz is going to be light for 130. Um, if they, that, which means to me, they're kind of perfectly matching up. Just because Tank is having trouble making that weight to a guy Tank who's like making that weight. I, like, Tank, Tank what I do, he moved up to 135 and he missed weight yeah, at 135. Yes, we know he missed weight a couple times at 130. So at you know, 130, a exactly. lot of times if you see Tank, you know, one of the running jokes in the boxing community is that between fights, Tank gets pregnant. You know, they, they were saying he looks like he's pregnant. Yeah, they get he yeah, yeah. Between fights now. He's Adrian Boner. Is, is if Tank comes in and at 130 and he's fitting in shape, then you know chances are he might just be a little too big, hit a little too hard, be a little too strong for Santa Cruz. No matter who you think the better boxer is, he's just a much bigger guy. Uh, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Significant difference in physicality. Yeah, it, it depends. It depends. Tank coming at it 130, depends. though. The question is, can he be healthy at 130? I don't that's, know. It's so, really so, and that's my point. My point is this. They're meeting at a combined weight to where a tank is a little seems a little too heavy to make and Santa Cruz is kinda just now I mean, at an older age, well not a not an advanced age, but a little older age than what he is, he's moving into a, a little heavier weight. I see two things going on with this. With Santa Cruz, if he can take Tank early, if he can take whatever's going on, if he can take whatever's going on with Tank early, I don't see Tank going later with Santa Cruz. Here's the problem. It's like talking about Mike Tyson and Joe Frazier in there. I mean, I understand. I mean, Santa Cruz, there's size differentials. There's all sorts of other differentials. But when the fight boils down to certain things, this is Mike Tyson and Joe Frazier to me. If Mike Tyson can knock Joe Frazier out within those first four rounds, which is very, very, very capable, he, he's going to win. If he doesn't do that to Joe Frazier, if Tank doesn't do that to Santa Cruz within those four rounds, I see Tank getting worn out. One thing is this much. Tank is mega explosive. I haven't had to see Tank go through 12 rounds of being durable outside of his explosion. I've seen Tank blow people away. 
I seen Santa Cruz have to deal with people with explosion and wear their asses out. Excuse my part in my language. But I've seen Santa Cruz against a much better array of competition. Tank, yeah, he's big, but I mean, if if you're not gonna if you're not gonna blow cats away when you're when you have that size advantage and that especially when you have size and explosion, you need to blow cats away. If you're not blowing them guys away, especially to the level of Santa Cruz, my God, I don't see Tank even lasting with him. Not yeah. not after, hey after round six, Santa Cruz is 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 is, is, is that kind of guy who's. That power is not even going to matter after that. If you're not going to lay it on him for 12 rounds, I don't, hey guys, I don't see him uh, winning to me. We're ju- I'm sorry to interrupt you, man. Uh, oh, no, you're yeah, fine. Gotta, you're fine. I got to get our uh, our first guest on. But uh, we have, uh, have our, our resident physician uh, online. And, uh, you know, everybody, I said earlier, uh, but I don't think uh, Chris was on the line at the time. That uh, he just got out of the uh, hospital, University of Pennsylvania. Um, he's uh, going to be with us a lot longer now. That uh, he's feeling better. And uh, Chris, uh, why don't you chime in here with this while I get uh, Malik on the line? Doctor Chris, I took a vacation. I, I went to some good doctors. I went the University of Pennsylvania Hospital. Got to be the finest hospital in the city. It's, it's staffed by brilliant men, and uh, I had a great week there. Uh, it, it's a, it's a. Uh, they decided not to do any operations; they're too risky. And uh, mm. just going to carry me on uh, uh, simple drugs, and uh, not do any any risky operations. No, none, none of the none of these top-notch doctors like to have their reputation destroyed by uh, you, you know somebody dying on them on a table. So, damn. Yeah. You're damn right. So I You're said, damn right. <laughs> so I said that guy. I said if if I were your father, would you recommend this operation, knowing the risk? He goes, no. If you were my father, I wouldn't recommend it. I said, well, that's Damn. all I have to hear. You know, if you, if you wouldn't do it to your father, you're not going to do it to me. Yeah. And that was it. He said, we can put a valve in. We can put a new valve in. But we drag it up from, they, they make an incision in the groin. And they drag up a metal valve. Wow. And when it gets in the heart, they drag it across the heart. And when you're dragging that across the heart, if they hit that blood clot and yeah. they, um, you know, and they knock it off, uh, you could be history. So why, I said, why the hell do I, I don't, I don't want to take that, that risk. I said, I'm happy as I am. Uh, I just can't do as much work. And that's not a bad thing. You know, <laughs> I'm paying guys to come. I'm paying guys to do all this dirty work for me now. And they enjoy yeah. it. They're looking for jobs. And uh, Christ, I have, uh, you know, you, you pay uh, uh, fifteen bucks an hour cash. Yeah, there's a hundred guys out there want to work for that sure. for the summer. So anyway, Doctor Chris, uh, it's, it's Dr. A great, Chris, yeah. Oh no, no, no! I missed you, and and, and 
I'm like literally rooting for you. I know me, and my brother, we butch, we all rooting for you, you know, to yep. to always be around us. Um, I want one question to ask you though, as far as boxing concerns. And I, I actually brought this question up, but I wanted your input on it. And I brought this uh, analogy up just a few minutes ago. Joe Frazier against Mike Tyson. I always wanted to know what you thought about that, if they matched up prime for prime. Boy, that's a, that's something to think about. Frazier in his prime and Tyson in his prime. Yeah, um, hmm. One's got a great left hook, and the other one's got a a good hook. But he's got better right hand. Well, let me think. Uh, hmm. That would be one hell of a fight. Like I, I want everybody's input from this type of thing too. Wow, Jesus. Uh, okay. I'm gonna. You know what? Because of the shorter, stockier fighters giving Frazier a hard time, like uh, the Argentinian, he used to drive Joe Frazier nuts, knock him down a couple of times. I, I, Oscar Bonavina. Oscar Bonavina. Oscar Bonavina. Oscar Bonavina. Oscar, it was Oscar Bonavina. Yeah. You're right. He gave he gave Joe Frazier good, an awful though. hard time. Really? And, and uh, I, I think that Frazier is better against taller guys where he gets underneath them and throws that powerful hook up, up and, up and under. And uh, when he fights guys his height, he doesn't do any good. When, when, they're, when they're down to his, his side, he can't get under anybody. He can't bully him around inside. So I'd have to, I'd have to go with uh, Tyson on that, all, all based on – on the, the way he fought the Oscar Bonavena, how hard a time he had with him. He used to give him fits. Bonavena knocked him down. I mean, it, I actually thought uh, it could have been a draw or going either way, the decision. So, oh. I, I, Joe, Joe Frazier uh, uh, was on a t- TV show in Philly, and uh, they were um, uh, fooling around lifting weights and um, Joe Frazier tried to lift 185 pounds overhead couldn't get it to his yeah. shoulders could not get it to his shoulders he, he mm. his entire his entire uh, thing was his legs his legs were extremely leg strong oh man he was leg heavy he'd get underneath the leg heavy. I see and, that and, yeah. And, yeah, come up with that hook and uh if if you were a stocky guy and stayed down there low with him, you'd give mm-hmm. him fits. So I, I, if I had to pick an opponent, I would I would I'd go with Tyson over uh, over Frazier. Over Frazier. What do you think? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys, what do you think? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Ty. Go ahead, Butch. What are you saying? Out. I, no, I was going to say, we're joined by uh, our newest member, uh, Malik, is, is coming on, and he's got some fighters we're going to talk about. But let's finish this up, and then uh, and then we'll go to Malik. In fact, he can he can, uh, he can can go ahead and fill in with, with uh, the question. Absolutely. Yeah, Malik, please chime in. Yeah, hey. Yeah, who? So, so you actually, my opinion, uh, ver, uh, what is it, Tyson versus Frazier? Tyson versus Joe Frazier, yeah. prime for prime. Uh, Tyson. Tyson. 
He he was just a monster, man. I mean, his resume speaks for itself. Not that I'm a Tyson fan because I'm also from Brooklyn, New York. But I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got to I got to throw that. He got a rep. He got a rep in Brooklyn, Brooklyn, don't he? <laughs> <laughs> I'm all, I love all my Brooklyn fighters, but yeah, um, but... you know, me growing up. You know, and I remember in 1985, you know, he was the youngest uh, heavyweight, you know, uh, to, to win. Um, he will destroy uh, uh, Frazier for, for the sense that I feel like Frazier was really a, a, I hate to say this, but one-dimensional, man. Without that left hook, I mean, mm-hmm. that's the only thing you really got to worry about. And, and, and Tyson could overpower him, um, combination speed. I mean, I'm talking about the old Tyson. I'm not talking about the... Post, you know, Buster Douglas. Yeah, I'm talking the prime the, Tyson. The model, yeah, you're talking the about the, the best of Tyson. Yes, yes, man, that's what we're talking about. So, yeah, yeah, I absolutely go for Tyson. Overwhelmingly, the pressure, the power, it, it, he, he would uh, he would take Frazier. That's my opinion. Good, good analysis. Ty, uh, what you think? Ty? You know, Mike Tyson was—he—he—he's more dynamic, and he—he he actually has the sturdier chin of the two. Um, and you know, I think Dr. Chris really made valid points um, in talking about the Oscar Bonavita fight because he—he gave Frazier hell. Um, in fact, one of the things Ali took pride in was being able to being the guy to be able to stop Bonavita. Um, Bonavita was was tough as nails. The only thing is, is that you know, Tyson was more dynamic, more explosive. Frazier was better conditioned. Frazier could keep doing what he was doing for 15 rounds. Tyson could give you four or five, and then things mm-hmm. would dramatically settle down. Now, make no mistake, he was still dangerous as hell, and he still beat a lot of guys. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is if he doesn't get Frazier out within the first three or four rounds, he's going to find himself swimming in water that's a little too deep for him. So... Just to you know, make it simple and plain. I like Tyson early, Frazier late. Yeah, I get. I got to say, being okay. from Philly, okay, not Brooklyn. That uh, and my uncle had uh, a piece of the action of Cloverleigh. Uh, my uncle Nino and uh, uh, I would have to go with uh, Frazier. I think uh, your analysis there about him being in the better shape. Um, he was. He was fast. Um, I, I think I would go with. Uh, over the long run, if it wasn't in the first three or four rounds, I think he would he would have outlasted uh, Tyson. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, but that would be I, a hell of a I, I, three or four rounds. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. But, oh, sure. but, but, yeah, make no mistake, no guarantee he survived. We know he survived four or five with uh with with, with George Foreman, so we can't. We don't guarantee he's gonna survive those rounds of bite. Don't, don't don't get up and get any popcorn yeah, for the fight. You gonna get through the whole fight, through the whole fight. Mm-hmm. 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 About Mike Tyson is Mike Tyson always yeah. carry. I mean, he, you know. He carried his power with him. I mean, I remember the fights with Razor Ruddock. He was still hitting him with, with hell of five shots later in the fight. You know what I mean? It, it's just that what's going to happen is I think he's going to come out and push Frazier back. And if he doesn't overwhelm Frazier, which is very possible, then the tide's going to turn. And Frazier, over the course of the long haul, is going to start to pull him underwater, pull him in a quicksand, and start pushing Mike back. So, interesting fight, though. Interesting fight. 
So Malik, you have a, I'm going to give my have, quick analysis on uh, this. Malik, uh, he, go for it. He was going to interview Malik, see? I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Give, let's get your final analysis, and then we'll go to Malik. All right, yeah, my final analysis is this. Tyson has three rounds. As Ty said, he has three rounds to deal with Frazier. Um, Tyson's not knocking Frazier out in three rounds. You have to be 6-3 and over to deal with Frazier. Simple as that. Ali, he was 6-3 and over. Foreman, he was 6-3 and over and powerful. You want to deal with uh, Joe Frazier, you're going to have to be a big guy. Tyson's not taking him out in three rounds. Simple as that. If he's not taking him out in three rounds, Tyson's losing. Mm-hmm. My analysis. Okay. okay. All right, let's. Uh, I, I think that was a uh, a good uh, go round on that one, um, and thanks for bringing that up, Z. Uh, um, the uh, Malik, uh, you have some uh, some pretty interesting fighters coming up, and and you're you're stable, and you've got uh, a, a fight. You say in the, in the next week for Habib uh, Ahmed. Uh, he's twenty-seven yeah. and one. Uh, He's a uh, yeah. middleweight. Moved out to middleweight. Um, he's had uh, had a, a darn good career, from uh, what I can see. Why don't you why don't you give uh, an analysis of uh, of your fighters? Okay. Yes. Yeah. I met. He's a he's a great brother, um, and, and I and I say that with uh, all affection, man. He's a very humble guy. And he works hard. So right now he's uh, training in Miami, Florida, at Caicedo Sports, uh, where Herman Caicedo, um, Herm is uh, Luis Ortiz and uh, Juan Carlos Payano's trainer. Um, mm-hmm. He's been over there for two years, um, and he's uh, considered the hardest working person in that gym. He mm-hmm. comes from a very humble background in Ghana. He, he started boxing. Very young, and I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, the, the boxing pedigree of Ghana, with the you know Ike Corte and those guys. They are. Um, you mean specifically Accra, Ghana? Yes. Accra, yeah, he's from Accra. There you go. Got to say it the right Accra. way. They're gonna get you. Yeah, Accra. Accra. Yeah, yeah, we familiar. Accra. Accra. Very yep. familiar. A- don't be trying to so, don't be know, trying to want... trick us here. Your first. But don't be trying to trick us on your first time out. Yeah, you, Come on. you guys are too fast for me, man. You got me. You got me. So, so you know, so he's, he's he's a great kid who came up in um, the uh, Azuma Nelson uh, promotional outfit out there. I mean, that's really okay. the the stronghold of of professional boxing in in, in Accra, Ghana. Um, he he came up. He qualified for the Olympics. I, I forget which year. Um, so don't quote me on that. I mean, he he held various regional African titles until he got a shot to fight for the world title against uh, Hilberto Ramirez uh, two years ago at, at super middleweight. So, so he, he went in as a super middleweight. So now that fight, you know, you can see the fight. Um, it's, it's all online. Uh, what I love about Habib, and it's funny about this, this story. So I watched the fight. He wasn't my fighter at the time. I uh, represented um, a couple of fighters, one from Nigeria, one from um, um, Ghana, uh, Rafael Mensa. And he fought Alberto Machado uh, a couple of years ago for the title on HBO. Anyways, okay. 
So we was we was in in Miami. We we was at a sports bar and we was going to watch the fight. And they said that their friend is fighting. And I said, "Who's that?" And he said, "Oh, this is Habib Ahmed and whatever." So you know, okay, I watch it and I cheer for him. And you know, he he was overpowered in the match, and, and I can tell you why later. But um, his spirit, he didn't give up. It was a TKO. He went about six rounds. He did what he can. He didn't quit. You know, his corner said, "You know, you're not going to win it. So enough's enough." And, and then he stopped the fight. But he didn't. He didn't quit. And and when I watched them uh, with my two fighters, um, I asked about them. Um, they 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 said that you know the, the guy has an incredible work ethic or, uh, or whatever. So I said, hey, you know, reach out to him and see if he's looking for a manager. And it, and it actually worked out. So I ended up signing him. Um, I tried to get him promotional deals with with Don King because both of my fighters are, are signed with Don King, um, and 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 that didn't happen. So in the meantime, we we sent them over to uh, to Herman Caicedo to, to you know to work out in the gym, and they loved him. They loved him. They loved his work ethic. They loved um, how he was handling, you know, his other fighters in in sparring. Um, it, it, he's just amazing. So we end up getting a deal uh, with PBC. Um, he fought his first match against uh, uh, Angel, uh last year in Biloxi, and it was a unanimous decision. I think it was a it was a ten rounder. It was a unanimous decision. So um, he hasn't right. fought since. I mean, we had a fight set up with him and Robert Brandt uh, in 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 uh, January this year, but uh, Rob he pulled his his bicep muscles, so he scratched out of that oh, match. Oh, okay. And then the COVID happened, but. This is the thing that I like about Habib is that he's really off the radar. Um, and and how really, old is Habib? If you don't mind me asking, he's he's twenty eight now. Okay, so he's still yeah, he's still pretty young. Okay, yeah, he, he, yeah, he's young. He, I mean, this guy left his family to come here and train for a world title. And in fact, I spoke to his brother today. His brother's in Ghana, and he told me, "Listen, don't allow him to come back to Ghana without the world title." Period, and he has a newborn uh, baby girl that he hasn't seen because he's training oh, here wow. in the states. Yeah, so that this is how dedicated the guy is, right? His family is behind him and say, "Don't let him come home without a world title." Um, I think that he's going to be a—he's he's probably one of the biggest sleeper at at middleweight, um, and and ideally we want to go down to one fifty-four. Um, so I, I think he's a sleeper. Not many people know about well, him. Well, if he had fought Rob Brandt, he wouldn't have been a sleeper anymore fighting Rob Brandt. That, that, that would have put him on the map. A, a win over Rob Brandt would have put him right on the map. And, and you, know, you know how the boxing business is, right? You know, nothing's guaranteed until they get into the ring. We yeah, exactly. Already, you know, excited about the, the probably one of the biggest fights in his career because we, we feel good about Brandt. I think that Habib will beat Brandt, and I hope that – that Brant can hear that, right? Habib will be uh-huh. Um But that didn't happen. So now we, uh, we're we fighting next weekend um, on the PBC card. This is actually a Showtime card. I think they have in a bubble over in uh, the Mohican Sun in Connecticut. So uh, we're going to go up there next uh, Saturday night, August 15th. He's fighting uh, an, uh, what is it? Alantes Fox. Which is a really good fighter. Oh, Altadas Fox, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's he, uh, the one that lost Fox, to uh, to Liam Williams. He went the last. Week. Yeah, Fox also went twelve with uh, he went twelve with Demetrius Andre. Yeah, uh, yep, yep, yep. It, but he just got he got knocked out by Liam Williams by one of the British yep. guys. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's 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 like six three, bro. He's like six four. He's a big dude. Yeah, man. He's a big dude. He is. But you know, at one as a manager, at one point when you think you have a a great talent, you have to take those those tough fights. Um, so this is a That's tough your, fight. I was just reading about that fight like two days ago. That's your guy. Congratulations, man. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you very much. Yeah, so it's a tough fight, but we, we look forward to it. Um, Fox, he's ranked number 35 in, um, in, in the U.S., and, and we need that spot. You know, Habib isn't ranked. We fight him. We beat him. We get ranked. And we're going to be looking for anything in 160 to 154. So what's his best weight? Is it 154 or 160 in your opinion? In his opinion, okay. I guess. In, in my opinion, I, I believe he's good at 154 because he walks around at around 160, 162. Oh, so he stays in shape. He, he doesn't yeah. grow up, huh? Okay. That's, that's, well, you say that's what he does now. And, and, and that's what I was going to get I wanted to get back to the Humberto Romero fight, right? You know, uh-huh. Humberto, he was a light heavyweight, like making weight at, at super heavy, uh, super middleweight. Habib walked around under super middleweight. So when they fought, uh-huh. right, uh, yeah, of course, they both weigh in the day before. They both 168 pounds. But the next day, Humberto was like 185 pounds. They fought at what, 168? Yep. Uh, and, and who and did he fight? You said again. He fought who? Humberto Ramirez. He fought. He Humberto, fought Ramirez. Humberto. Yes. Uh, yeah. At one sixty-eight. At one sixty-eight. And that's, that's heavy as hell okay. for Humberto. Yeah. That's yeah. heavy as hell for Humberto. No, 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 Humberto. No, that's no, no, no. No, Ramirez is big. He's uh, a big dude. Uh, I think you're talking about yeah, Jose Ramirez. Jose Ramirez yeah. is at one. I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah, Jose Ramirez at what forty? Yeah, no, but no, Gilberto Ramirez no, is a big dude. Yeah, yeah, Gilberto that's a big Romero. dude, man. That's he's a big dude. In fact, he's fighting at one seventy-five now. He's at one seventy-five now. Yeah, I thought I yeah, was talking about. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Remember, he was, was a big, big, tall, big, giant, light heavyweight. He's at one seventy-five now. Yeah, yeah. He's at one seventy-five. He was at one sixty-eight. Yeah, well, he moved up. He was big. That motherfucker was tall as hell. Oh, I'm sorry. He, that that kid was tall as heck. Yeah, he's tall he, he, and big. That's why he's moved up to yeah. one. He's really is trying to angle for a fight with uh, Bert, Bert So, I <laughs> yeah. Habib was fighting he a really big guy. He was fighting a huge one. Huh? Like Jaime Munguia is a very big. Like, what, what is Munguia? He's yeah, like, Jaime Munguia. Jaime Munguia I mean, moved up to 160. He needed yeah, to, he, but 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 he, he needed Jaime. Let me tell you about Jaime. Jaime, as good as he dwarf is, he, was, he wasn't Gilbert. the best at one fifty four. So Jaime so was getting that's torn a big, apart. That's a big statement for Habib to even go up and take that fight. Obviously, it's a championship. You got to go ahead and try. But that was a. I mean, the odds were obviously that that, that was set up to make Gilberto yeah, yeah. look good. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? It, it, it oh goes God. to the, the the boxing politics of Ghana. Right, so they take Boxing the best politics. that they get, and they 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 go, they go for a there shot. They need, that's a big money, right, right, and that's that's a lot of money for Ghana. So they're gonna take that kind of fight. But here we wouldn't take it. In fact, that's that's how Bebe actually calling me now. Let me uh. 
Yeah, so, so yeah, I'm I'm, I'm sorry, right. y'all. My phone good. Die. I love y'all. I, I'm probably gonna have to go because I'm not gonna let my phone die while I'm talking to y'all. So that's right. I, I, I love you, Mike. Hey, hey. Z, we'll I, see you next week. I, I, yo, I appreciate being with all of y'all. Thank you very much. I'll talk to y'all later. All right. Okay. Take all care. Right, Peace. Peace. Love y'all. Peace. <laughs> later, man. Yeah, so, like, in, in Ghana, I feel like they undersized there. So, for Habib to be fighting super middleweight, that wouldn't have happened here. That wouldn't have happened at all. Uh-uh. He, he would have he, he would have had to cut weight, and he would have came in, like, uh, you know, been fighting at 154. But there, you know, whatever weight they walk around at, they just put them in that weight class. So, it was right, different. Right. I mean, I you, you may have your different opinions about that. You know, you may think that that's just the most natural, organic way to fight, and that these other fighters who are big, kind of trying to cut weight. I mean, some people have a you know have a particular feeling about that, but at the end of the day, it just was not equal in terms of size because Habib came in as a true middleweight to super middleweight. I think Roberto came in as a as a light heavy weight cruiserweight. Super middleweight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yep. well, you know what? Think about it. Light heavyweight's one seventy-five. I guarantee you, if he weighed in at one sixty-eight, he came in over the white heavyweight limit, which would have made him a cruiserweight effectively against a, a middleweight. I, believe, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. I believe he came in over one eighty. Yeah, that's night. a cruiserweight. That's yep, a cruiserweight. Yep. He came in at one one eighty, and Habib, you know, one sixty-eight. He he probably lost weight. <laughs> you know. Wow. So, you you saw the you saw the size difference you saw the height disparity, and, and you know, that's and still honestly, uh, Hobby, that's Hobby's Hobby's only loss. That's his only loss. Absolutely. Wow. Okay. Yep. So <laughs> you know, another... I think we have something special. Yep, we have something special sure. here, and and I'm glad that he's going to get a chance to show the world who he is. And you know, he's a great kid, so I wish the best for him. You know, I wish the best. I wish utmost success for him. Emleek, you've got uh, another fighter in your uh, stable, uh, Anthony Yeager. Uh, can you tell yeah. us about him? Yeah, Anthony Anthony Yeager, um, he is uh, lightweight. I, I think he's going to go down to, to – uh, I think he's super lightweight. He's going down to lightweight, 135. He's mm-hmm. um, from Sweden. He was an Olympic. He's a guy he who fought in the guy who fought in the Super 6 tournament. Yep, yep, absolutely, and got his eye, the big grapefruit eye. You, you remember that fight? Yo, yeah, first his, of all, you got a tough-ass kid there. That's a tough kid. And mm-hmm. he's got some sweet skills too, man. I was really impressed with him. I was really impressed with him in that fight. A- absolutely, man. And he is – man, he, he's a great kid too. Um, he's over in Sweden. He's, they're dealing with the, with the COVID just as we are. Here right. and um, you know, um, but he he kept training. He um, he he just got out of his um, promotional contract with Thailand, um, and that's why he you didn't see him much in the states. But after that that contract, we signed him um, in a management contract exclusively to bring him to the states. So, you know, we have some um, we have some good plans with him. Um, he has a fight on the twelfth of September. Uh, I don't don't know the name. I think the name is to be announced. Um, so he'll be here in the states um, this September for you know pretty much a you know warm up fight. 
But we're already getting um, calls for some some really big fights, really big names on the championship level. Hey, Malik, so, did you did did you say he's fighting at lightweight? He's he's gonna fight at lightweight. Yep. Wow, because he was in the tournament at one forty. So again, yep. he was. You know what? And the funny thing is, is the, that's the one thing I, I re, that's what made his performance so gutsy. First of all, he had a nasty cut, it, but his skill set was really impressive. It was very clever to me. But he was obviously over. Like he was, he was small compared to I forget the Russian he was fighting. Um, yeah, but, I forget his name. Really, I, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, a really rough guy too. A really rough, rough guy who's big. You know what I mean? And, and I remember that's what made me so impressed. I was like, you know, this little idiot guy is hanging in there, man. Uh, he put up a good fight. Man, yeah, he's, he's, he's my guys, guy, man. Just, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and, and I have I have others coming as well, but those are the two that we're focusing on. Um, Habib, to me, is he, he's the sleeper. I'm going to say it here. He's the sleeper and expect to see him and to know him and, and expect that he's going to make he's, – he's, He's going to get a title shot very soon. Um, Anthony Yigit, I mean, he's a pressure fighter, good kid. He's he's really uh, confident. Um, I think he he was in the Olympics with, when Loma was there, um, so he knows yeah. Loma. You know, so so he has that. Boxing, he's a very skilled you know, kid, man. Very skilled kid. Very yeah, skilled. He has kid. that boxing pedigree. Very professional. Um, I expect great things from him. So September twelfth, he'll be here. Mm-hmm. Great, Malik. It seems like you, you get a lot of character guys. Guys who show that character in the ring. You go ahead and scoop them up, man. Um, because you know everything else can be learned. Some things can't be taught, and it seems like you have a a, a knack for finding the ones who who have what can't be taught. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, number one is is dedication and loyalty to the team. Um, but it's work ethic, man. You know, if you outwork everyone in the gym, I mean, that's how you become a champion. Period. All champions outwork everyone else. It's it's not a, you know a mistake. You know, it's not luck. It's hard work. So you you take whatever tools that you have, and you use them to the best of your ability. And how do you use them to the best of your ability? You get in your, your butt in the gym and work. And I'm going to tell you this. I just called Habib um, 30 minutes ago, right before the show, because I wanted to, you know, talk to him and say, hey, do you want me to say anything, you know, specific? He was running. <laughs> him. He's running and say, hey, boss, I'll call you back. He's training. Hey, what is it, Saturday night? Uh, Coach Herman Caicedo's probably sleep because he's, he's an early guy. He's doing it on his own. Mm-hmm. He's doing Can't it on his own. That. And that, that's, those, those, that. those, those, those are those are the people who are going to be champions, man. For sure. 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 It well, really guys, sounds just like you just needed a really quality manager. It really does. So you know, congratulations. I definitely wish you and your team the best of luck, man. I, I really appreciate that, man. And thank you for yeah, having. We're me, almost. Man. Fine. Hey, hey, weeks. You know, uh, Mike said uh, you might be willing to uh, be on with us each week. Is that is that true? He said each week. That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> well, you he know, talked to Mike about that. How, how much information I have? You know, if I have enough information <laughs> to give you something new every week, I, I'm ready, man. It's <laughs> <laughs> my God. 
<laughs> we do. Really? I do the programming, and, and we come up with uh, all the names of uh, fighters. Like uh, one of uh, one of the guys that uh, both Dr. Chris and, and uh, uh, Ty follow is Arizlandi uh, uh, Lara, and he's got a fight coming up uh, on the uh, actually the 29th of this month. Arizlandi Lara, better watch out for Khabib. Yeah. <laughs> yes, hey, sure. That's at 154. Uh oh. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Everybody needs to watch him. Her, you know, you know, Charlo brothers. They need to watch him. That's what mm-hmm. I hear. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, again, uh, thanks for coming on, uh, Malik, and uh, I'll let you settle <laughs> it with Mike as to whether you want to come on each week or not, and then, and then just let me know. But. Um, uh, you know, the uh, the common friend we have here is uh, Mike Zimzak. Uh, Mike is uh, our, one of our Wednesday night uh, hosts. Uh, does a great job both in uh, boxing and uh, soccer. So uh, uh, I understood. Did you serve with him, Malik? I, I did not, but we, we spoke, you know, extensively about um, our uh, – we were both airborne. We were both um, in the airborne right. unit in the U.S. Army. So yeah, we, you know, we talk about it, but we didn't serve together. Unfortunately, okay. I'm a little older than him. Okay. <laughs> he um, said, "Unfortunately, but... I'm a little older than him." So, <laughs> 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 all right. Well, we uh, we again, we thank you for coming on and and uh, sharing uh, sharing the news of your fighters with us and. Uh, this uh, this line is always open uh, for anybody that you have coming up that you want to uh, to talk to uh, our um, our listeners uh, tonight. Uh, so that you know is uh, two hundred sixty six thousand four hundred three worldwide. Um, in wow. the uh, in the New York area, we have twenty two thousand seven ninety five. So. Uh, you know, we have. Uh, so you want to you want to bring Malik on to bring those numbers, those New York numbers up. Yeah, that'll help us bring our, our numbers up, certainly. <laughs> oh, uh, this Malik, is great, man. Thanks a million for being with us, and uh, we appreciate it. Hope to hear, hear from you in the very near future. And good All luck right. to next you week for having uh, having me. Thank you so much. Okay, Thanks, Malik. take Thank care, you. bro. All right, guys. Chris. Chris, you've been very quiet tonight. Well, I, I, I'm a listener, and I just, everybody has some good things to say, so I just sit back and listen. Um, yeah, well. I was thinking about when, uh, you know, Joe Frazier, what you guys were saying about Frazier, and here's what I don't like uh, against Tyson. Frazier has to set all his weight on his left foot when he moves in. And he's got a he lifts he lifts up with his legs and his back, and that's how he gets his power. Legs and his back, and he, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't I don't think uh, he could get under Mike Tyson. To, mm-hmm. to, I think Ty, Tyson would would be able to handle that. Now a taller man he could fight a taller man, you know, and get underneath him. Not a not a guy as big and strong as George Foreman. George Foreman would push him down. You know, and, you know and, and I think Frazier Frazier is limited to the to the style of the, yeah. the guy he's yeah. fighting. I don't yeah. I don't mm-hmm. think Tyson is a good has a good style for him. Mm-hmm. I I, don't, I think Frazier would be confused. 
and, and you know, one thing that That's George all, Foreman know. was able to do is Foreman had range, so he was able to keep him out a little bit. But Foreman kept he pushed Fraser back. He pushed him down and he pushed, pushed him, him down. Back. Back. And, back. And, yeah, and push him down. Push. One thing I, I, I was, think would be very problematic is I remember when Oscar Bonavita and Frazier met, they kind of met in the center of the ring. Against Mike Tyson, because of how dynamic he is, he's going to push Frazier back. And like you said, Frazier sort of one-dimensional. And Frazier's not going to yeah. – Tyson could overwhelm him by pushing him back. And, and really kind of yeah. – it, it could be, a, like you said, a very bad style matchup where Frazier could, could be utterly destroyed and overwhelmed pretty early. Yeah, he uh, he he he's not he, he's not good against that uh, Tyson style opponent. He's a, a taller man that he can get underneath of, and 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 give him fits. You know. Yeah, Bonavina like, gave like him. Like the taller hell. guy is going to throw uppercuts at him. You yeah. throw uppercuts at Frazier, uh, he's going to come over the top of the hook and take half your head off. You know, that's what he yeah, needs. You know what, Doctor Chris? I thought fighting, Bonavina won that first fight too. I thought I thought he beat Frazier that first fight. Yeah, I, I felt that way too. I I, I felt the yeah. same way. Actually, Joe hated to fight him. Joe didn't want to fight him. He said, "There's one guy I don't want to fight. I don't like to fight him. He's too damn strong, and he is strong. Yeah. He Bonavino was a damn bull. Oh, he was stronger. God. He was stronger in his upper body than Joe was, you know, and had a big back on him, big wide back, and he was strong about five ten. It could take a punch. Yeah, do it. Could take a punch. Wow. Yeah, yes he could. So you know, but he he uh, he was limited in his uh, training. He didn't he didn't he didn't, he uh, I don't know he I th- I thought he could have had a better career, but there were some good heavyweights around when he was fighting. Oh uh, yeah, and he, he couldn't beat Ali. He couldn't outbox Ali. There's no way he's gonna. Uh, uh, and he know, didn't have he was too crude. He was too crude in his footwork to to catch up to Ali. He, yeah, he couldn't. Too crude in his footwork. He couldn't. Uh, ah. <laughs> Ali could stay out of range all yeah. night against him. Mm-hmm. And then I I remember that fight. I saw it down at the uh, uh, Saint Anthony's uh, gym. I saw that fight down there that night. And uh, he just he just uh, stayed out of range. And, I think about the 14th or 15th round. Didn't he knock him out? Yes, sir. Didn't he knock Bonavina out? Yeah. Yeah. In fact, that's what made Ali. They said that's what made Ali convinced that he could go ahead and and, and take care of Joe Frazier. He was like, look, I was able to stop Bonavita because that was a big thing for this cat because of, you know, how how Bonavita was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that was was a good fight. I, I, I remember seeing that one. Good old St. Anthony's. You know? That's right. Pull that one up on YouTube, Dr. Chris. Might have to pull that one up on YouTube later on. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, Ty, before we... we... Go ahead, Chris. That's all right. Go ahead, Chris. No, no, I'm I'm listening. No, no, I'm saying... Go ahead, finish your thought. I am finished. I am finished. Oh, Okay. Before we uh, before we close out, uh, we haven't done anything on MMA today yet. Um, what, Ty, what's your thoughts on uh, Israel Adesanya versus uh, Paulo Casto? That's coming up uh, that, tonight. That is it. No, that that's actually in a few weeks or a few, few weeks, months, yeah. maybe next month. Um, next yeah. month, but that is a huge fight. Um, one of the reasons why it's huge is kind of historic too, because 
only once or twice has the UFC had two undefeated guys fighting for the title. And, you know, champions undefeated and, and Paul Acosta's undefeated. And um, Paul Acosta is an animal. And, you know, Israel Alasani is known to be a very technical, slick striker. Um, Paul Acosta, you know, a big, super strong guy who brings pressure. So you have a striking battle, but you have that classic pressure versus uh, kind of slickness kind of fight. You know what I mean? So it's a very, very interesting fight. It's going to be a very good fight tactically. Um, right now, I think I lean slightly towards the betting underdog, which is going to be Paulo Costa. But we'll see as the fight gets a little closer. All right. How about uh, Vincente Logue against um, uh, Nate Diaz? What's your thoughts on that one? That I don't. That that fight won't happen. Uh, Vicente, no. it's a fight Vicente wants, but Nate Diaz is only coming out for a million dollar gate. So unless it's, mm. unless you're talking like Conor McGregor or Jorge Masvidal. Yeah. Nate Diaz is not playing. All right. But they do have uh, I'll tell you coming if, back. I'll, Go ahead. Good. Frank, I'll tell you a fight you want to watch. Um, uh, Cormier and uh, the big guy from Miocic. Cleveland. Yeah, Miocic. Yep, that's, that's what a big, two weeks. He's a big damn yeah. moose. Natural, yeah. Naturally big guy. Just right, big, yeah. strong, tough. My, he's from my friend's hometown, actually from around the same neighborhood. So I've been following oh, his wow. career all along. I don't, yeah. I don't see, I don't see. I think Cormier's too small for him. If if Cormier can handle him, that would amaze me. Well, that is well, one big Corbier, man. This is this is their third fight. Cormier knocked him out in the first round, the first fight. He knocked Cormier out the fourth round in the second fight. So this is the this right. is the this is the tiebreaker, the rubber match. I actually favor Stipe. I think Stipe is going to win again. Um, but these two have had two great fights. They they just they they mesh really nice. Their styles mesh really well together. Thus far. Yeah. Um, but I, I got to lean towards Stipe in this one. So, mm. but that that's coming. That's in a couple of weeks. That's a huge fight. Yeah, that's Dana White says this determines the greatest heavyweight of all time in the UFC, and it really. It really would probably, you know, the winner of this probably will be considered the greatest UFC heavyweight of all time. So it's a really big fight. And it's Cormier's it's his last fight. He's going to retire. So very, very good fight. Right. And they get uh, Jorge Masvidal has announced that he is going to return uh, by the end of uh, 2020 to the ring. So we'll see what, where that one goes. But, uh, right. All right. Well, that uh, that finishes up the script I got here for tonight. Uh, Chris, I, I really appreciate your coming on, especially since uh, you just got home from the hospital. Uh, we're we're yeah. so happy that everything's are working out for you, and uh, you know. Well, I'll, I I'll, tested uh, negative, guys. There I you go. Good. Negative, so no, you don't have to. Good. You don't have to run from me. You know, so I don't have to. I don't. I, I don't have to wear my mask on the phone, Doctor Chris. No, you don't have to wear your mask. You don't have to run. I'm negative. <laughs> okay. I went out Westchester and they take a swab, and, and the woman said uh, uh, two days later she goes, "You're negative. You could go to good. or they won't take you in a hospital." Yeah, they I won't know. let you yeah, in. I mean, it's just, yeah, great. Right. Good. I'm glad say, to hear no, all is well with you. So glad to hear it. Yeah, yeah. all is well. All is well. Right. I got money to spend now. I'm gonna. There you I'm go. Gonna, I got a chance to spend some of my money. So <laughs> we'll see. 
We'll see how much I got left. You know. All right, right, guys. Catch you next week. During the week. Okay. All right, Frank. Take it easy. Bye, guys. Bye. Ty, you want to lead us out? Hey, it was great having Zito, Dr. Chris on. We thank you uh, to Malik for coming on and telling us about his fighters. Everybody look out for them. Uh, Butch, always a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. Bob is our co-pilot. Coach Mel is watching off, watching over us. Everyone have a good night. Okay. Well, I want to thank uh, Malik for coming on, uh, Chris uh, for coming on. Uh, of course, uh, Ty and Zito have always, uh, are always there for me whenever I need them. Our technical backgrounds, one, one can always take uh, – Take sense into what they do. They can they're able to break it down for each and every one of our listeners, whether the whatever level of boxing they are. So uh, we appreciate that, and we appreciate uh, Coach Mel and and and, uh, and Bob. Of course, they're always on and are always on our mind. Ladies and gentlemen, these programs are brought to you each and every night of the week in grateful appreciation to the United States Armed Forces and women, women, police and fire services, as well as those fighting on the first first line of defense in COVID-19. Uh, these programs are also dedicated to those who have lost their lives in the line of duty. Deputy Robert Anthony Carroll, Patrolman David Curtis, Patrolman jo- Jeffrey Colcap, Sergeant Thomas Fager, Patrolman Jeffrey Yazowitz, Detective Randy Bell, Detective Ricky Childers, San Diego Officer Mike Handler, Lieutenant Mike Zerber, Newcastle County Police, Patrolman Anafo Christman, LA, Lakeland P- PD, Chief Al Hogel, Longwood Cape Police Department, Chief Jimmy Ford, Wilmington Fire Department, Highway Patrolman Alonzo Moses, Philadelphia Highway Patrol. Highway Patrolman Brian Lazaro, Philadelphia Highway Patrol. Highway Patrolman Brian Murphy, Plymouth Township, PA Highway Patrol. Lieutenant Bob Neary, Philadelphia Fire Department. Sergeant Mike Wilson, Charlotte County Sheriff's Department. Deputy Mike uh, Godwin, Deputy Chief Mike Godwin, Philadelphia Fire Department. Deputy Jonathan Scott Pine, Orange County Sheriff's Department. Excuse me. Uh, Patrolman Robert Jermaine, Windermere, Florida Police Department. Trooper Chelsea Richards, Florida Highway Patrol. Lieutenant Joyce Craig Lewis, Philadelphia Fire Department. Patrolman Charlie Condit, Tarpon Springs Police Department. Hillsborough County Deputy Sheriff Charlie Kotloff. Sergeant James O'Connor, Philadelphia Police Department. Delaware State Trooper Sergeant Rodney Bond. Captain Chris Leach, Wilmington Fire Department. Lieutenant Jerry Ficus, Wilmington Fire Department. Wilmington Fire Department. FDLE Special Inspector Vinny Galaccio. Dower State Trooper, Corporal Stephen Boward. Kissimmee Police Officer, Matt Baxter. Kissimmee Sergeant, Sam Howard. Captain Matt Letourneau, Philadelphia Fire Department. Deputy Bill Gentry, Highland County Sheriff's Department. Clay County Sheriff's Department, Clay Zerba. Deputy Natalie Corona, L.A. County Sheriff's Department. Deputy April Rodriguez, Pasco County Sheriff's Department. Officer Bob McKetchen, Biloxi, Kentucky Police Department. And Trooper Joe Bullock. Florida Highway Patrol. My brothers and sisters, although you may be 10 cents at this point in time, at some time we'll be 10 10 at the table of the Lord. Till that time, may the roads rise out to meet you. May the winds be always at your back. May the rains fall softly on your fields and the sun shine lightly on your face. Until we meet again, may the good Lord keep you and your family always in the hallow of his hands. Good night, God bless, and have a great week. Shemarek ma yilama Shemahezah yilama Suna shenevorat fed Hakuig again ma yilama Shemarek ma yilama
of gentle mean A fiery blade engaged to lead He'd break the bravest in the Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Ah, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.